That's really sort of best, though, with Paul, isn't it? I mean, won't we see that as sort of an, an improvement in quality on the show? <laughs> His comments intellectually will have risen. <laughs> I, I can hear you. I can still hear you. <laughs> Damn, now we have to hear about Grant Morrison. So much Grant Morrison. Well, I'm just trying to decide if because I don't want to break the podcast with boring. You could always just you know try being interesting and succinct. I know that's a stretch for you, Paul. Especially if he's talking about Grant Morrison writing. (laughs) I gotta say, you guys missed out. Actually, they were all good. All the Batman books I read this week. Tim and Wayne. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Wayne, are you happy we're back to the regular show intro? I am. Are you feeling I jazzed? My, are you yeah, ready? I missed my, this is funny books. You gotta have that intro. <laughs> I really wanted to change the name to Funny Books Incorporated to make it sound important. Yeah, just as important <laughs> as, uh, you know, a stupid Batman book. <laughs> Well, then we could finally get away from calling me Polly, and I could go by Paul. But your name is Paul. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Polly. We finally got our, we, Wayne and I finally got our name on the title. You can eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is kind of funny. As soon as we change the name to incorporate their names, I want to change it to incorporate no names. <laughs> no names at all. If it's not just mine and Aaron's name, I don't want anybody else's name on the show. It's not a faceless organization. This is a mom-and-pop uh, podcast. That's right. We are a mom and pop brick and mortar store, Paul. Yeah, I'm, and the besides, pop, I'm just calling it. You know, before you, before we joined the show, we used to call it Aaron and, and that you know other asshole. So. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron and that other guy. See, See, I would just not get recognition. They would say Aaron Head's new podcast at Ideology of Madness. Aaron Head's new website. <laughs> As Aaron it Head's new be. Cabana Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron and that other guy. That's right. That's right. But, you know, Paul wants to be all incorporated like Walmart and run the mom and pop podcasts out of business. Yep. Yeah. And then we're going to have a Black Friday sale. Great. <laughs> I got minimum wage. <laughs> no, you get nothing. We're all going to start wearing blue vests, you know, as we podcast. Paul, I'm not going to say what this means, but you're definitely the greeter. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel canceled my favorite book this week, Thor the Mighty Avenger, which I have praised every episode on this show. Uh, they canceled. Now, I, I understand the reason for the cancel cancellation, because sales were poor. They had dipped below 10000 But, I mean, the, the Roger Landridge story and the Chris Somney artwork were fan-freaking-tastic. I, I just absolutely love that book. And while it was written as an all-ages book... Um, it really was truly all ages. Most all age stuff has no appeal to me whatsoever because it leans more towards the the youth set than it does to something that's truly appropriate for all ages. 
And this book did not do that. It was just a very you know bright and positive kind of story. And I hate to see that it's going away. There are three issues left in the series. Um, Landridge and Somni were contracted for 12 issues. They had planned a 12-issue arc, and uh, they're actually going to cut it off at, at, at uh, book number eight. Absolutely hate to, to see that that's what they're going to do. Well, you know why they had to do it, Aaron. They needed the money to pay the web designer to redesign their website. God, that the website redesign for Marvel is crappy. Is anybody else having trouble with that? I I need a roadmap. I I can't find anything. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, I'm, I'm it's awful. I mean, I got to be honest with you guys though. Marvel's website has always sucked. Yeah, but at yeah, least like it had that nice comics catalog link at the top where you could go, just go straight to the books that are coming out. Right, or they would scroll. Hey, comics coming out next week that you could click on. Yeah. And, I mean, now I'm kind of hunting around trying to figure out where the hell the books are. It's like I couldn't even I, – I, I bet you I couldn't even find Spider-Man on this website. There's a link right <laughs> under the big picture that says comics on sale this week. Yeah, this week. Actually easier to find for this week. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> Leave it to Wayne. Look, you idiots. It's right here where it says comics on sale this week. No, but what well, about next week? Yeah, next week's what's important. Yeah. I mean, this week I've already been in the store and blew my nine bucks. And it's got that irritating ad banner on there where if you make the mistake of scrolling your cursor over it, it pops up. Oh, but I hate see, that. When you pick it, when you pick the this week one, it actually gives you a search range where you can put in the dates. You can put in a whole date of when things are going to come out and see it. It actually ah. is – that interface is actually greatly improved once you find it. See, shouldn't that – this is what kills me is, I mean, but that's a little bitty bar midway down the page. Shouldn't that be like one of the biggest things on their page? I mean, they are a comic book company. Yeah, here's all our stuff about games and movies and, oh, yeah, if you dig, here's your comic book Yeah, and, and here's a picture from that awful Wolverine movie. But, you know, <laughs> give that full, full, full face on the page, but make me hunt for the freaking comic book link. Well, now that Marvel's owned by Disney, and Disney has a shit website, too, it's impossible to even find where to buy tickets on the Disney website. I'm, I'm looking at it. I clicked on the Comics on Sale This Week link, and it's got the little scroll bar. But where can I just find the list? <laughs> look, I can search from January 1939, but I can't <laughs> look at next week. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, where's next week on here? Oh, well, it's just yeah. going to be a mystery to me. Yeah, but let's look at what was on sale in January 1939. <laughs> <laughs> I need some books from 1939. Atlas Comics presents. <laughs> look, a reprint in the back. Comics. It's a reprint of the book they printed last week. Dick Tracy Zero? What? <laughs> yeah, Dick Tracy Zero issue. <laughs> That's funny. Year one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm not I'm not a fan of this website redesign. And while I'm at it, Newsarama, your website sucks too. Yeah, Guess the only good yeah. website is ideologyofmadness.com. And it's really all you need. I'm a company man. Basically. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> you know, I gotta say, a lot of crazy shit happened in comics that we don't read this week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was uh you know, speaking of Newsarama, not that I go there. I heard that somewhere on Newsarama, someone posted an article about Brightest Day number 14 this week uh -huh. that is of particular interest to you and Wayne since you read Generation Lost. Apparently, Bruce Wayne knows about knows Maxwell Lord. 
is alive. Oh, okay. Which I think is a pretty big deal considering, you know, Nobody Maxwell else. Lord apparently. Exactly. Yeah. That would make sense since he was dead when he came back. Well, yeah, but in, in theory, but wouldn't that make wouldn't anybody off world also know about Max Lord? They haven't established that they don't. I kind of took it as yeah, anyone off off world because he only had the power to basically do it for the planet, (laughs) and he had to expand his power to even do that. So yeah, I would say anyone off world would would know about him still, or anybody lost in time, apparently. Anyone that's lost in Grant Morrison's shitty writing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Jump in the rails, Wayne. It's farther down. Yeah, look at that. It's right, further down. Right down there, about half a page is mock Paul relentlessly. So just wait. Tim, it's never too early to talk about Grant Morrison being a shitty writer. Or to mock Paul. That is yeah. true. Well, you know what? You can mock me for reading Avengers number seven this week. Yeah. Oh. We will. What the but hell, you know, Paul? Well, it, this is the other big event that happened this week. Red Tomato. Inf- besides that, oh. the Infinity Gauntlet is back. Uh-huh. The Hood is searching out the Infinity Gems, and he's putting them all together to recreate the Infinity Gauntlet. And he's going to do that deal. in a pit. He could, the Hood couldn't go over to uh, a real book and do that. He's got to do it in the pages of the Avengers. Yeah, he couldn't do it in New Avengers, apparently. Oh, God. <laughs> why, would he wanna do it, why would he want to do it in New Avengers? That would spoil the nanny cometh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't push that storyline aside. That is one badass nanny, though. No. <laughs> she is going to set shit straight. Well, you know who the nanny is, right? They've already said it. Nanny McPhee? Besides her. No, it's Mary, Squirrel Is it Mary Poppins? Girl. Is it Mary Poppins? <laughs> no, it is Squirrel Girl. She's the nanny. And no, I hadn't heard that. Is that a yeah. person? Yeah, apparently. Apparently it's oh. a big deal, and I have no fucking idea who Squirrel Girl is. Yeah, that's that she's awful. a big fan favorite. I mean, yeah. I've never read any of the stories she's in, but apparently, apparently, when she beat Galactus one time, she became a fan favorite, even though she was a really lame character. They're the same fans who say that Grant Morrison is a great writer and that John Romita Jr. is a great artist. Same fans. Oh, mental patience. <laughs> now, that's not entirely true because Paul didn't know who she was. Oh, yeah. snap. Face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I got to say, <laughs> Avengers number seven, better than the first six issues combined, actually. I'm not going to say it's on par with new Avengers, but it actually wasn't half bad. So when you're saying that it's better than the previous six issues combined, really, you're just describing grades of crap. So like the first six first six issues were were more of a of a full liquid diarrhea explosion, whereas this one's maybe a little bit more firm. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. Paul, I, I'd like to know what what's better. Is the art better? Is the writing better? What do you what you know, did you it, like it, better about this one? It's the writing, honestly. The the writing makes sense. I'm not completely lost in time travel bullshit. Um. <laughs> this sounds kind of bad, but the new Avengers are only on like five pages of the issue, or the Avengers are only on like five pages. The f- book mostly focuses on the hood, and I really like the hood, and I'm excited about the Infinity Gauntlet. So, I mean, I, I actually kind of enjoyed the issue. Uh, uh, of course, you know, I'm sure they will find some way to screw up this storyline, <laughs> but maybe not. You know, maybe maybe that first six issues was a uh, 
you know, was just a, a it was it was a fluke. Yeah, it was it was a bad day. Uh-huh. That was a that was Bendis on a rager or something. It was a bad day because it had the characters in it, and he's not able to write them right now. Well, the bad thing is, I like the characters. It just that first six, those first six issues were awful, awful. Well, that's cool that the writing's getting better, but I will make a statement that I cannot, I cannot abide the art. I, I yeah, I will say until the art well, changed. I think because less happened, less big, crazy, stupid shit. You don't see Galactus destroying New York City happened you know the art wasn't as crappy because i guess there's not so much on the page but uh I, you know i mean i won't say the art was good but it was better than than what we saw in those previous six issues but you know what there is another new avengers eating scene i keep calling them the new avengers there's another avengers eating scene where they're eating subs instead of pizza this time i like subs yeah the like world sandwich. likes subs too apparently yeah i like I can eat now. <laughs> could you eat an Avengers sub, a Thor sub? I could eat a Thor sub. Wait, is it? Does it have slices of, of shaved Thunder God on it? He gets tomatoes <laughs> in his Thunder whiskers there. <laughs> and lightning lettuce. Lightning lettuce. <laughs> I, I may pass. Uh, <laughs> but I gotta say, I, I, I'm gonna see. I, I, I'm going to pick up number eight because I enjoyed issue seven and damn it. I really love the infinity gauntlet, the original storyline. That was one of my favorite storylines of all time. So I'm, I'm if it's got the infinity gauntlet in it, I'm going to pick it up at least out of interest for and that. Concept. Another close favorite storyline of all time has got to be Wolverine goes to hell. Right, Paul? Not so much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it has Wolverine and Puck fighting in hell, but not in the pages of Dark Wolverine number three. Yeah, but, you know, it is a, uh, a tie-in to that uh, Wolverine Goes to Hell storyline that I'm not reading. And I, I had made the comment in uh, issues one and two that, I, you know, the, the, the tie-in to the crossover really didn't impact my enjoyment of the story. This one did. I, I did not enjoy this near as much as I enjoyed issues one and two. Yeah, I um, I, I think there are some good character moments of Dokken in this book, but they, they get lost yeah. in, in this trying to tie it into the Wolverine Goes to Hell storyline without any real kind of explanation. And I think it's a real mistake to launch your new character, your new character's book. You know, it's not a new character. It's a new book for that character uh, into – a uh, a crossover event. I mean, I I, th- I think I understand that they're hoping that that brings in some additional new readers because hey, there's an, an event going on as well. But shouldn't Dawkins be able to stand on his own without having to tie into the Wolverine continuity so tightly? Apparently not. Yeah, maybe he's following the Thunderbolts model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I I can cut it some slack because it's still a two ninety nine book, but there I, I did not enjoy this book like I have enjoyed the previous books. And I have to say, the setup of Dawkins' relationship with the Fantastic Four, a uh-huh. little bit confusing for me. Same here. Same here. And I, I felt like I missed a bunch. You know, like I was like, where did that happen? You know? Yeah, because I know he's been, I know he's, you know, he's worked with them before, but I don't, I, I didn't imagine he was that close to them. Right. And I have a hard time believing that the Fantastic Four would be that close to a guy like Dawkins. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could certainly see Johnny Storm being chummy with him because Johnny Storm's a little superficial. But, you know, I have a hard time believing that, you know, Reed and Sue 
are you know so tight with 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 the guy. Yeah, but even to a certain extent, I disagree with the Johnny Storm thing because I mean we're talking about a guy who is on the Dark Avengers with Norman Osborn. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> he fought against them at the Siege of Asgard. Yeah. Hello. I mean, you know, it's like, are they really buds? Yeah, it kind of seems a little confusing to me. Yeah, I felt like I had missed quite a bit when when that came out. I was like, when did this happen? So I the I, I'm still going to be on for issue four, but I'm ready for us to be out of this whole Wolverine goes to hell thing. I, I'd really like for what's going on with the character to just be in the book and not have to tie in so many other guys. Yeah, and what I sorry what I found interesting was um, so it says Empire Part Three of Three. Yeah. Right. And then the last page of the book says to be continued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does that work? Well, you just, you had the first part of the act. It's not the because, uh, you know, it's Empire Act one, part three. So it's a weird I, I saw that, too. I thought that was kind of a weird way to uh, to show that. But, you know, it's this wasn't the whole part of part three. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be part three of three continued. <laughs> yeah. Part two of three of three. That's right. You don't have the wholeness of the part. <laughs> it's, this is just a section of the part. So yeah, if you had to if you had to grade the book, Paul, what grade would you have given this issue? I would actually give the book a, a, a six uh, out of ten, and only that because of the art. And in fact, I'd give the entire first storyline that same grade. I just felt that there wasn't enough there to to, to really bring in. You know, to really get me interested in the series as a whole, as an ongoing series. Yeah, and and the reason I'm still in, and I absolutely agree with your rating on that, Paul. The only reason I'm still in it is that I find the character so interesting, and the character moments in the book I find compelling. You know, like the the scene where he's collecting his costume, and you know, then killing the uh, the tailor who makes the costume. You know, so so those kinds of scenes I've enjoyed, but the actual plot pieces of the story where it ties into the Wolverine event. I'm just not interested in it at all. Yeah, it's kind of a shame because the book gets lost in the action, really. You know, and, and I know you can't have an ongoing series with nothing but Doc and being a badass, yeah. you know, who's not actually fighting anything. But maybe it's just the Wolverine goes to hell stuff. I honestly don't know if I'm picking up issue four. I, I will have to take a look at it and see what happens in the issue to see if it's of any interest to me. See, I, I think I'm still picking up issue four, but. Uh... That will probably be my deciding issue is, you know, at the end of that book, how I feel about it. Yeah, I'll I'll probably do the same thing. I mean, as long as it's not. Oh, go ahead. If it was three ninety nine, I'd be off it already. You know, but but because it's priced at two ninety nine, I can cut it a little bit more slack. Well, but what if it was four ninety nine like Thunderbolts number one fifty? Okay, can I tell you what a chump I am? Can, okay. can I tell you what a chump I am? I, I, I believe I said on the show that I wasn't going to buy the, the $5 Thunderbolts book because it was going to have a reprint at the back. And yes. I had forgotten when I when I selected my pulls that it was a four ninety nine book. I said, oh, Thunderbolts, and I clicked it. And then, you know, I didn't even – I was in a hurry at the uh, comic book shop, so I didn't even really look at what I had in my hand other than to just eyeball the titles. And I got home and I pulled it out and was like, man, that's big. Crap. So let me get this straight. This wasn't a spineless chump move like Paul and Wayne have pulled, where they notice it while the guy's ringing it up and they just shrug and no, take th- it. Fine. This, <laughs> this was just me not noticing that I was getting ass raped. Okay. But, uh, so I read the two ninety nine part of the book that I always enjoy, 
and I have left unread the $2 worth of reprint at the back of the book. So there you go. Tim read it all. I Which did. Him? Um, I didn't feel too bad about it. I, I've never read Thunderbolts 1, which is apparently the reprint. So, uh-huh. you know, for an extra two bucks, that wasn't horrible. Like, the, I, I've read a little... I haven't read the complete, like, uh, what is it, Songbird and Moonstone, like, back and forth through the history of the team kind of thing. Right. The, the almost oral, but there are little pictures history. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost kind of like Avengers. Um, I, I, I can say that I, I kind of think it was it was overpriced, but it's a it's a one fifty. So I, I can I can uh, cut it some slack. And because the main story was was really good, I I'll let it slide. I you know, I would be annoyed if I was a fan of the new series and they printed that one because those Thunderbolts really have nothing to do with this batch other than. The concept of villains becoming heroes. It was, it was a very different series. I actually really loved the original Thunderbolt series. Well, I think it kind of, like for people like me, it, it sets the groundwork for what this, what, what these issues used to be. And I know that's not where they are now, but I, I don't know. I kind of appreciated it. Granted, I would rather have not paid extra two dollars, but I'll, I'll deal. <laughs> yeah, I would have rather paid an extra one dollar. Yeah. Maybe like like Tim, I've never read the first issue of Thunderbolts. I, I would have rather have not had the reprint of the book and spent a, a dollar extra for the extra pages uh, for the for the new story for one issue one fifty because that story was really good. I really enjoyed uh, the new pages. Loved the artwork. Absolutely loved the artwork. And I dug that frog dude. The, the, the ending was a little hard on the frog dude, but uh, yeah, I, was about to say, I, I wouldn't expect him in Thunderbolts 151. <laughs> I can honestly say that's a phrase I never thought I'd hear Aaron say. I dug that frog dude. I <laughs> liked the frog dude. I did. He could have took out Squirrel Girl. I'm telling you right now. Cajun Frogman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he could have been. He could have been the babysitter cometh. He could have been oh. the new nanny. Who doesn't want a frog dude for a nanny? He'd be an awesome nanny. Eat the baby. <laughs> no, he just get the baby warts. <laughs> the nanny peed on me again. <laughs> I thought there were some very nice character moments with Luke running his team. You know, there were times where Steve Rogers was trying to run the situation and Luke just took charge. And what I liked is that there wasn't that you know macho moment where Steve's like, ah, you know, I'm 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 the I'm, I'm the freaking former Captain America, you know, I'm running the show. He just very uh, you know gentlemanly deferred to Luke's leadership, and I liked that. <laughs> I'm the artist once known as Captain America, formerly known <laughs> as Captain America. <laughs> exactly. I like the fact that Crossbones was kicking his ass for a while. And I liked – speaking of Crossbones, I liked the way they showed his new power better in this issue than in the previous. I liked where his whole head was engulfed in flames and he was doing the little little blast versus the disc covering in front of his head. Yeah. Well, you know, that I felt this artist is one of the re- main reasons I love the title. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they changed the artist for the Shadowland crossover and I'm, I'm glad to have this guy back. Yeah. This is Kev Walker we're talking about and uh, he really – owns these characters i just i know that uh some folks don't care for the way juggernaut has been drawn in this book but i just love every take on the characters he's got 
And yes. those people aren't on this podcast right now. <laughs> I was right. about to say, you notice those some folks no longer talk on this podcast <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, he, he had to go. You don't you don't like the way we're drawing Juggernaut? You're out of here. Yeah, he was possessed. I had to take him down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was this was an awfully good book. I, I enjoyed it despite having to pay the extra two bucks for a reprint I didn't want. Now, I, I do have to say that I am... I, the crossbones thing got resolved much quicker than I expected it to. Yeah. Yeah. And Which, maybe you know, too quick. I think a little yeah. bit too quick, yeah. I'd have liked to have seen that stretch out the rest of the Well and, and and the fact that Ghost revealed, you know, everything that he knew. You know, I mean that that piece too seemed like a little, a little like it was a little too fast. But I did like how, oh, you're not the big corporate owner anymore. You're not the enemy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just that sudden change. Oh, okay. Let me go find uh, Sam Walton or somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Trump>. <laughs> But maybe it's uh, maybe it's a good thing because really we've been dealing with this team not acting as a team, right? Pretty much since the series, pretty much since this run started. Exactly. So you know, maybe that's the the goal. Is next issue we will finally see them as a cohesive unit. Yeah. Now I want to see Ghost on Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> that, work? that would be awesome I'd, I'd watch same here <laughs> super villain thunderbolt celebrity apprentice apprentice oh, i like it. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> uh, oh jeff parker like why us. do i always have to wear the sandwich board and run around new york because you're the juggernaut <laughs> bitch that's why yeah. Get to it. people won't miss it that's right <laughs> But, you know, once he gets started, you can't stop his can't sales. Stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, is it Juggernaut in the boardroom? Let me tell that's you. That's right. <laughs> <sighs> so Wayne and I picked up X-Men number five. Now, Wayne has not enjoyed this book very much since issue one, but he continues to read it. So I'm thankful because it gives me something to talk to about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, this is the Curse of the Mutants uh, saga, which is – God, it seems like it's been going on for like three fucking years at this point. It definitely feels that way to me. <laughs> so what did you think of issue five? Oh, God, I hated this issue. You know, There I are say, so many things wrong with it. As someone who's defended this title since the beginning, I hated this issue. Um, yeah, I, it, it you know there, there's this big buildup, right? Oh, vampires versus X Men, blah blah blah. I mean, they've been building up to it, like I said, since I, I guess it's only been five months, but it feels like longer. And the fight's over in a matter of pages. The X Men whooped their ass, and I'm like, really? That was. The build-up well, was just for that. That's actually a big. some of my big complaints are the fights. They keep going back and forth. They've got the mystical vampires and they've got the the science vampires created by this virus. Yet Holy Water seems to work on both of them. I mean, I give them credit. The idea of uh, blessing Iceman. That was cool. That was yeah, cool. Uh, they, they had a priest bless Iceman to be used against the vampires. I thought that was cool. That was about the only good thing I had to say about the book was that was cool. I mean, they do the whole fight the vampires. They get their ass kicked. They bring Wolverine back, and suddenly they win. It's like Wolverine's the only person that matters in this fight. Whichever side he's on is going to win. That was lame. The yeah, way they, they brought him back was lame. Yeah, that it was, oh, that was our plan all along. And, you know, I don't know. I just 
it just felt lame. It felt like there was so much buildup. I expected this epic battle, and it really wasn't. And maybe that was a fault of the artist, because you know maybe the artist. I did feel that even though I enjoyed the art, I didn't feel like the battle was really exciting at all. Well, like seriously, the shutting off his. So it's already too late to say spoilers, but Cyclops had a nanovirus put into or nanobots put into Wolverine to disable his healing factor so he could be turned into a vampire, but that Cyclops could press the button to turn him back at any point. There are so many things wrong with that. I mean, what if it didn't turn back? I mean, once he's turned, he's undead. He shouldn't be able to turn back to a living creature. When did he shut it off? He didn't know when Wolverine was going to be bitten. So when Wolverine's going to fight all these vampires, his healing factor would have had to have been shut off. But it wasn't because we saw him in the fight. So he had to know exactly when he was going to be bitten to press the button. I don't see that happening. You know, If he presses it at the wrong time, he could have killed Wolverine. There's so many plot holes in that plan. It worked <laughs> out perfectly because Cyclops is the ultimate field general. Yeah, which you know, I'm 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 digging a little bit of the fact that Cyclops is turning into this badass field general, but at the same time, he's they're making him I think a little too infallible. I mean, he, yeah. he's not Batman. He, he's fucking Cyclops. You know, he, he's not that cool. Maybe change his costume. Make him, I don't know. Give him a cape. Then then I'll believe he's an awesome field general. Yeah, and it shouldn't have been instant win just to get Wolverine back. You know, Wolverine may be pretty much impossible to kill, but he's not that powerful. And you're dealing with an army of vampires. One person shouldn't swing the battle either way, unless it's someone like a Magneto or a Holy Iceman. <laughs> Holy Iceman. Awesome. Yeah, and the whole buildup, you've got this new big bad vampire villain that's Dracula's son, and the whole thing's about them. And they go to all this trouble to bring Dracula back. Dracula's just going to be the big villain of the whole thing. They will have brought him back when they didn't need to because they could have taken him out themselves just so Dracula can take back over again. Yeah, this issue definitely left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, But I got to say, I'm this far into it, I'm going to buy the last issue of the storyline. Same here, for the same reason. So X-Men left a bad taste in your mouth, Paul, so you cleansed your palate with Batman. (laughs) Minty fresh Batman. Eight pounds of Batman. (laughs) Eight pounds of steaming Batman. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I did. I bought four Batman books this week. Um, It's including Batman The Return and Batman Incorporated, both by Grant Morrison. You know, I picked uh, up Batman The Return, and I flipped through it, and I'm like, do I want to get this because it's Batman The Return? And then I started seeing really strange stuff in there. It's like, you know, no, this is a Grant Morrison book. Just flipping through it in the store, I have no clue what's going on, and I put it back. I did the same thing. I picked up uh, Batman The Return, and I picked up Batman Incorporated, and I flipped through both of them, and I thought they were both pretty books. But I couldn't get past that with Grant Morrison on the page. And so then – I picked up uh, what it was it uh, uh, Batman seven oh four, which I think is the Tony Daniels book. Yes, and I, I was like, you know what? I could read this because Grant Morrison's not writing it, but Grant Morrison's driving the Batman train right now, and I put it back. 
because until Grant Morrison is off those books, I'm not picking them up. So that said, <laughs> tell us about your steaming pile of Batman. <laughs> you know, this is why I saved Batman for funny books offline. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got to say, and, and maybe this is a compliment. So Grant Morrison, take this as a compliment. Neither Batman The Return nor Batman Incorporated read like they were written by Grant Morrison. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed them. I, I gotta say, I actually really, really liked both of them. And, and it, it really is because neither one feels or reads like a Grant Morrison book. The storyline is really straightforward. It, it, it makes sense. There's no crazy shit. There's no jumping through time. There's no semen. There's, there's, you know, it's just like a, a Batman book. Is there any Cthulhu penis? There's no Cthulhu penis. I, I have to say, it honestly reads to me like Batman written by Jonathan Hickman. Hmm. Um, you know, they're setting up this big, um, like, evil corporation called Leviathan, which I guess is kind of like their Hydra or something like that. Um, that you know that that seems like they're going to be the big bad for whatever uh, you know the next season of Batman, um, and that's in Batman: The Return uh, that they, you know they're setting that up and they, they set up the status quo for the Bat books and the art's very pretty and I, I gotta say I really really dug it and you know, I really dug it because it doesn't read like a Grant Morrison book. Um, you know, same with Batman Incorporated. I, I I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it's the and like you said, it's a very pretty book. The this artist who I've never heard of before, Yannick Paquette, he reminds me a lot of like Frank Cho or Kevin Maguire a little bit. And uh, so the art was really good, and it, it's just a fun bat book. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I it's it's really hard to to say anything negative about it because I really enjoyed them and they really surprised me and I gotta say I enjoyed both of them more than I enjoyed Batman 704 I like my Yannick Paquette with strawberries <laughs> mm, I'm sure he'd be happy to know that no. <laughs> I don't know I, I, I uh, picked up Batman 704 because I was only going to have one book to talk about this week and uh, that was the only one I remembered that was going to be bought that wasn't Graham Morrison um, and it was the it was the Tony Daniels one man band kind of thing, mm-hmm. so I kind of wanted to see how that went. And I I, I like the art. Uh, I thought the story was okay. I didn't really like the ending though. Yeah, I don't really understand what the ending. I mean, it, it sets up this big reveal, and I'm like, who is that? Yeah, it's a crazy Chinese man jumping off the roof. I don't I don't understand <laughs> yeah. that. I don't understand this other person. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's a hell of a cliffhanger. <laughs> What's going on? It read like a Grant Morrison book. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I actually had a problem with the art on Batman. Uh, really? I, I, I had a problem with the way he drew Batman's cape. It, it looked like Venom. It, it really didn't look like a cape. It, it looked like a, like a creature like trying to attack him or something. That was my problem. Every time he drew a, you know, a big sweeping picture of Batman and he showed the cape, it looked like it was a symbiote and not an actual like, you know, fabric cape flying in the breeze. So, what's the uh 
what's the assignments in these book? You know, which books are Dick Grayson going to be in, and which books are uh, are Bruce Wayne going to be in? Bruce Wayne's going to be in Batman Incorporated and Batman: The Dark Knight, which is the David Finch book. Okay. Dick Grayson's Grayson's going to be in the Batman book, 704. Yeah, he's going to be in Batman, Batman and Robin, and Detective Comics. Oh, wow. So so Dick gets three books and Bruce gets two. Yeah. Wow, a big Scroogey to Bruce. (laughs) Well, Well, I guess Bruce also has Streets of Gotham, but I think that's ending in a couple of months anyway, so that doesn't count. But uh, I, I... I, I like I said three ba- four Batman books and I enjoyed all of them this week. Okay, even the so, Grant Morrison stuff. So Paul, Tim, you boys are our representatives in the Batman world. What, what do you what do you feel about the franchise at this time? Well, I am I I I can say that Batman Seven Hundred Four didn't have a whole lot of franchise other than two Batman talking to each other both in costume, which is a little weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seeing double. Yeah, so I I mean I don't really know what the franchise is really gonna be or do. I'm really hoping that somebody picks up the, the ball with Cassandra Kane in Hong Kong and one of these Bruce Wayne titles is gonna be him in Hong Kong with Cassandra Kane. Hmm. But barring that I don't I don't really think I'm gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul you know uh you know, the, the whole big concept of Batman Incorporated was that Batman was going out and franchising the Batman name. And I, I think it's still too early in the storyline to tell because in Batman Incorporated, none of that has happened, really. He goes to Japan. He wants to meet with a, a Japanese superhero whose name is Mr. Unknown, who gets killed before he gets there. Um, so it, it feels more like a globe-trotting Batman adventure at this point rather than having a billion different Batman all over the globe. You know, um, so- I... I see this whole franchising of Batman uh, to be kind of like Starbucks was, you know, you have a you know, Starbucks on every corner and it's rather elite and, you know, it's all the stores are just run perfectly and you've got these skilled trained baristas. But after a while, they start popping up, you know, in your in your grocery store and at the airport. And next thing you know, it, it's just as nasty as your your average everyday Burger King. And Would you like some bat fries with that? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'd, li- I'd like the uh, super value Batman number four <laughs> with a large Diet Coke. <laughs> so just to give you a little bit of insight into my mind, when he said globetrotting Batman, all I could think of was Harlem globetrotting Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so Batman sugar. spin, yeah, sweet Georgia Brown and yeah. spinning basketballs on, on the tips of his cowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you got to yeah. have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd buy that Batman series. A couple of gold teeth. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know, I, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I really am enjoying it, and you know, like I said, neither book had a lot of that, and I don't know what this, I don't know what the ultimate goal is. I mean, I don't know if he's going to try to make them Batmen, or if he's just trying to set up an international urban crime fighter conglomerate thing um, that hasn't really been made super clear yet well you know but, um, he's, he's just getting set up for you know releasing his ipo and uh you know next thing you know he's going to be making some serious bat bank yeah you're not batman material you'll be lucky to make it up to the rank of bad dude <laughs> you know <laughs> and i gotta say i gotta say paul we're enjoying the titles too we're enjoying not buying them and we're enjoying that you are buying them yeah <laughs> <laughs> You guys, you guys missed out on Batman: The Return. At least that one was really damn good. No, 
Yeah. No, I dispute. I dispute your uh, your claim there. Well, and my, my favorite part of it is they show script pages in the back. Uh, Grant Morrison's script pages, so I finally get to see what his scripts look like. Oh, gosh. And it's funny as shit. Let me tell you, because he talks directly to the artist. Hi, David. Let's yeah. get straight into it with an opening no one will expect. And then there are like little bits where he's like, um, he's like, perhaps an overhead look. It's up to you, David. You know, he's like, this should always remind us of Batman, David. Like every sentence has like David in it. What do you think, David? Because the artist is David Finch. You're called David. It just cracked me up. Just like the way. It would only be improved if he had a pet name for him. Yeah. Yeah. You're called, sweetie. Yeah. Pookie Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul, I I think that you have been sucking at the Grant Morrison teat too long uh, and and getting your sweet, sweet bat juice. And you just haven't realized that it's really a cock you're sucking. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow! A giant, a giant Cthulhu penis. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got his uh, Alan Moore Cthulhu penis strap on that you're working. Yeah. When Paul Just changes like, his Twitter handle to Photogen One, then we know it's over. <laughs> All right, so we're moving on to the Flash number six <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this wraps up the first story arc of uh, Jeff Johns and Francis Manupol's Brightest Day tie-in, The Flash, rebooting the uh, Flash ongoing series. You know, I have enjoyed how bright and colorful these books have been. I have enjoyed the characterization of Barry. I was really looking forward to this issue, and it let me down. You know, we were kind of promised a, a whole bunch of just really awful, terrible things happening, and none of it did. I was disappointed. Yeah. How about you, Paul? It, it was like the Minority Report Flash style, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of buildup, and I, I, and again, I love Francis Manupol as an artist, and I just don't know if maybe his art just made this book seem not as epic as i expected i don't know Uh, i mean it was it was a i will say the story wrapped up and it didn't wrap up in a way that i was pissed off about right so i mean you know i I guess it was just it was a satisfactory ending to a story that started exceptional yeah i and and i i I would dispute with you for me that it was satisfactory because i was strongly disappointed at the book i didn't hate the book you know i think that i felt like the writing was competent and i loved the artwork but I just wasn't happy with everything that was teased and promised, you know, in the first five issues. And the payoff in issue six was just a letdown. And and there were elements of the story that I liked. Like I like that, uh, you know, Barry solves the case and there's a happy ending for, you know, that mom and her son. And he actually inspires the people around him uh, to do a better job at their work, which I think is a nice that's kind of the, the nice thing about Barry is Barry's a very positive guy. He's committed at what he's doing. He he is, you know, he, the Barry Allen persona is very boring, straight-laced and dull, but he's a committed person. And, you know, he's doing that whole hero lead by example thing, both in his uh, secret identity as well as in his private life. And I just, I wish that the, 
the rest of the story had been as uh, as satisfying. You know, I, I wish yeah. that we'd gotten some of the big payoffs of, of that whole cracked mirror thing. And I get that they're teasing that that's going to be a different payoff further down the road. I was hoping for it in issue six. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the question, though. Are you sticking on to see how the payoff works out? I'm not. I'm not. I, 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 it's a two ninety nine book, and I have I have mostly enjoyed issues one through six, but I, I'm just I'm not going to hang around for the next one. I may pick up the trade depending on what the reviews are on uh, the second book, but you know I'm, I'm applying a higher standard to my uh, uh, floppies, and I, I'm just I'm not picking up floppies that I'm this dissatisfied in anymore. So I, I am not going to pick up the uh, monthly book. But you're picking up Doc and Dark Wolverine number four. Hmm. Higher standard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, the character is a little bit more interesting than the Flash. That's my, oh, that's, yeah. that's my difference between Doc and, and, and Flash. And, you know, I, I think that says something terrible about me. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> the, the Flash is such a good guy. He's so straight laced. He is an honorable person. I'm more interested in the dark hero over in Dawkins. Just stop lying. You are not picking up Flash number seven so that you can start picking up Batman Incorporated monthly. <laughs> that, that is incorrect. <laughs> incorrect error. <laughs> so I want to hear about a truly distasteful book, though. I mean, we have whetted our appetites with your steaming pile of Batman, and <laughs> we have we I, I have supped on the disappointment of Flash number six. I am ready for the entree. I am ready for Superman 705 to be as terrible as it can be. So, Wayne, hit us. You know, I originally wasn't going to buy this book. <laughs> I go into my shop and I have four books on my pull list. Three of them I don't want. So I'm putting back books off of my pull list on there. It's like, well, there I we have go. four on here. I don't want to put all three of these back and only do one from the pull. So I want to do one of these books. And the cover looked really interesting and really good. So I was like, I'll pick Superman as the book that I get. I should have remembered the rest of the storyline before I chose that one. Every trope is there that you're that you've seen. I mean, it's the typical here is Superman running across an abused child. We've seen this story a thousand times. You know, it's he runs across an abused child. He deals with the father. He's upset he can't more. Except this time he chooses to give the uh, to give the child a phone number and tell him to call it every day. How did he deal with the father? It, they don't even show it. They just show him angry going up the stairs, and then taking it. They show him later at the police station. See, I think he's got to handle it the way the guy handled the guy who smacks his wife around in The Walking Dead this week. And they show him <laughs> beating. They show the father beating the child. They show the violence. See, I think they ought to show Superman just beating the tar out of the guy. So, I'm Superman. Yeah, it, I will come back. <laughs> it it was as bad as I it was going to be. Nothing really new, and he's still a horrible husband. Are you in for seven oh six? I hope not. We'll see what shows up in my pool. <laughs> yeah, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. I used all of I used all of my angst up on Paul. I've got none for Wayne right now. <laughs> Whatever, Wayne. <laughs> Well, you know, something I was a little angsty about was the DC Comics Presents uh, reissues where they're taking some of the things that, that weren't popular enough or there weren't as enough story to collect and trade, and they're re-releasing them in these 100-page giants. 
And my the thing that I had had some concerns about was they were pricing them at seven ninety nine, and you know eight bucks for a hundred page comic that is bound as a comic, not a trade paperback, seemed a bit steep for me. But as I mentioned on last week's show, I had identified over at uh, InStockTrades.com that they were selling them for four ninety nine, you know, a three dollar savings. And I'm sorry, I, I feel like the uh, the five dollar hundred page book is a terrific value. So I picked up a couple of them, and I and I just finished reading DC Comics Presents Chase, which was a, a short lived series about a an agent that works for uh, the DEO, which is the the government agency in the DC universe that that uh, regulates and checks out the superhero set. This was terrific. It had art by J. H. Williams III, who uh, does the artwork for the for the Batwoman books. Um, it was a story by D. Curtis Johnson, with whom I am not particularly familiar with. But I loved this book from beginning to end. I really felt like I got my value out of this book. Um, I see that there are some new DC Comics Presents books coming out this week. There's a Superman collection that's got some Jeff Johns stories in it, and there's some more Young Justice collection coming out. Both of those are $7.99. I'm not going to buy them at my, sh- my comic shop, I'm sad to say, but when they hit InStockTrades.com, I'm going to be getting them there because uh, I'm, I'm always interested in Jeff Johns stories, mostly, and uh, certainly enjoyed Young Justice, and there's a whole lot of the Young Justice stuff that I never got to read. So I, I think if DC could price these at a better price point for the retailers, I think the retailers would move a lot more of these because I think these are terrific, terrific collections. Yeah. Well, Thunderbolts number 150 was 96 pages at uh, 4.99, and that was you know half of it was new material. You know why why can't these be 4.99 as well? Yeah, yeah, because they're I, all reprint material. Yeah, well, and you know, and and to a point that we've made many times in the past, they've already made their dollars. You know, they've already paid the initial fees. All they're paying is royalties now. You know, they're not having to pay someone to take you know thirty days off the schedule to draw a book for them. You know, so I mean, there there is a way to save money on these books. They're just not choosing to do it. I think DC Comics has landed on a terrific format. I think this is a brilliant idea. I really do. In fact, you know. I haven't uh, bought an ongoing Batman book in a while, but I, I bought two of the DC Comics Presents books because it's distilled, you know, a couple of story arcs. Um, I, I just I think this is a terrific format. I just think the price point is wrong, you know. And I'm all over it at five bucks. It's just eight bucks is too steep for what you're getting. Yeah, at five bucks I'd buy it in the comic shop. Yeah, same here. I'd be happily buy it in my comic shop. I mean, I I think I would even go five fifty, but I don't think I'd go more than that. So yeah. I think there I think there's there's room for DC to correct that price point, and I'd be real curious to know how they're doing in the retail store. I'd venture to say you know I, I guess it just depends on the book. Yeah, I'll have to ask my guy because I I don't see me spending eight bucks on one of these. This is in Burger King, Aaron. You can't have it your way. I can have it my <laughs> way. I'm, I want I want my my pickles on the side. I want my Batman at hold the Grant Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, in this time of, of giving thanks, we thought that it might be good to talk about the book, the comic book or series or specific issue, what have you, that you are thankful for. So when you're gathered around your, your Thanksgiving table this year, Tim, and, you know, you're, you're giving thanks for the people in your life and, and most importantly, the comics in your life, which comic will you be saying thanks for? 
Well, see, when I read this originally, I thought we were going to go all girl, Golden Girls and, you know, cue in the thank you for being a friend song. Right there. <laughs> and I was going to say, I'm thankful for you guys, Blanche and Rose, but... Uh, Am I Blanche uh, or Rose? Uh, you're, yeah, you're definitely Blanche. <laughs> Paul's Rose. This, um, ups- this upsets me to no end. It's okay, Wayne Sophia. Um, <laughs> that disturbs me. I can name that many. We're going to have to have a meeting after the show, Paul, and reevaluate. Tim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to Funny Books with Paul, Wayne, and Aaron. <laughs> and not Tim. <laughs> and not Tim. I'm thankful for being on this podcast. Um, no. What what book am I thankful for? Well, Wait, what do you mean no? Red Robin quite a bit uh, a couple uh, episodes ago. I will diverge from that because that would definitely be one in the running. I'm I'm definitely thankful for Emerald Warriors. Emerald Warriors is a um, a good look at what I would be as a superhero with the power ring. It makes me laugh. I love Guy Gardner. I love his cocky jerky self. I love the fact that you know he doesn't play by the rules. It's a it's a fun read. It's got me into a uh, a universe that I would normally wouldn't have set foot in, right? Which is the Green Lantern universe. So, and it's got me exposed to a lot of good art and colors. Um, you know, the creative teams on them have been pretty stellar. So, if I had to pick one book to be thankful for this year, I, I would pick Emerald Warriors. I, so, I, Paul, I, I can actually I, I can absolutely agree with you. I think Emerald Warriors is a really strong book, and I think it's actually my favorite of the Green Lantern books. Come to think of it. It should be because it's awesome. Yes, sir. And it's the only one I read. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, I'm passing the turkey over to you. Sweet. Big-ass turkey drumstick. Um, you know, I, I have to say, you know, it, it's, a, it's a little tricky because, you know, like, we, again, we talked about Red Robin. So we all know that Red Robin we love. Um, but I think I'm thankful, shockingly enough, at, at least at this point, <laughs> this year for Amazing Spider-Man. Um, you get because, one decent issue of Amazing Spider-Man and that's the book you're thankful for? Well, you know, but here's the thing. <laughs> it wasn't one decent issue. I enjoyed The Grim Hunt. I enjoyed uh, One Moment in Time. You know, I didn't like Origin of the Species. But, you know, I, I, and now I'm enjoying Big Time. And I'm thankful that, you know... A Spider-Man, who's a character that I love and who I had dropped for years because of this brand new day shit. And actually, to be honest, I had dropped before that because I didn't like what J. Michael Straczynski was doing with the character. Yeah, I'm thankful that I am getting enjoyable Spider-Man mo- or Sp- Spider-Man stories set in the Marvel universe. Right before they kill him. Yeah, right before. <laughs> no, actually, I found out that that is the death of Ultimate Spider-Man, which I'm thankful for as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for the death of a character. Yeah. And, and I'm thankful that Return of Bruce Wayne is over. <sighs> Man. I bet you, I, you know, I, I bet your wallet's happy about that as well. God. Well, you know, I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's what yeah, quite well, an ass pounding your wallet's taken this whole Return of Batman thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. So, uh,. Wayne. Wayne decided he's not thankful for every for anything, and he has stepped away. I'm thankful Wayne's not here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to ask Jonathan if, if he, he was thankful for anything? <laughs> Aaron, what are you thankful for? 
can do my Jonathan voice. I need more liquor. <laughs> I am actually thankful this year for Thor the Mighty Avenger. Um, I'm sure that's probably no surprise based on my my rant at the at the beginning of the show. But, you know, Thor the Mighty Avenger was a really different take on that character. The Chris Somney artwork really gave it a, a, a an atmosphere that was unique to that story. There have been those who have characterized the story not as Thor the Mighty Avenger, but as my boyfriend Thor. And I really get that. Uh, Jane Foster plays such a large role in the book, and it's the first time I've ever liked the character. She she is front and center, and we do see a lot of Thor through her eyes. I think that that this is a missed opportunity to bring uh, uh, female readers into the hobby. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen them, you know, continue it maybe as a loss leader for a little bit longer, just so that you can get this in front of female readers, uh, you know, to bring them in because I I it really it really resonates. I think. Um, to a more relationship type of readers, uh, folks who, who prefer relationship type stories than just, hey, let's go beat something down. It also you know, provided that very visceral need to you know, knock stuff around. The uh, issue with the Warriors 3 was just a bunch of guys hanging out, and I really dug that story. I am as, as sad as I can be that this book is going away. Um, I'm looking forward to the trades coming out, and and I hope that you know Marvel comes back and revisits it. But I'm thankful for the books we got. I think Chris Somney and uh, Roger Landridge did a fantastic job on this book. I think that it that it is very unique and is you know not found its like is not found anywhere else in the Marvel universe, and we are cheapened by its loss. I think there's been Let some go, confusion, Aaron. Aaron. Yes, we sir. told you that you could have some turkey. We didn't say you could start hitting the wild turkey. <laughs> what, did, what did we say about taking that flask from Cousin Johnny from Alabama? <laughs> Bad ideas. I think it was something I was probably going to catch something. I think that's what y'all said. Yeah, uh, it did. Yeah. <laughs> Let it go, Aaron. You're sounding like one of those uh, Joss Whedon Serenity fans who still expect the show to come back on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you take your life in your hands. Wait, take it. <laughs> it's over Aaron it's over beyond that you know what I'm thankful for I'm thankful for for really good comics I mean I know we bitch about comics every week because you know some some titles let us down but I, I really think that we're getting great books I think you know I get so irritated when people will make a comment that yeah comic books suck um, because I think that there are terrific comics out there I, I, I there's 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 so much good out there and we tend – I, I think that, that something we could improve on is not talking so much about the bad, even though talking so much about the bad is fun. And harassing Paul is even more so. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's a lot of terrific stuff out there. I mean, Atomic Robo. I, I, I yeah. love that series. And it, it does provide me that kind of, you know, all ages but not dumbed down for kids story that I enjoy so much. Similar in vain to uh, Thor the Mighty Avenger. So I, there's there's tons of good stuff out there, and I think that we've got to be thankful for that as well. The, the, the comic thing that I am most thankful for this year is the Knights of Rainsboro. Absolutely. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Gold-based technology powers, go! <laughs> You're going to see it on bumper stickers anytime now. Yep, waiting for it. I will make one. I'm selling Scalp-A-Bitch t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so we gave away or attempted to give away uh, last week 
the uh, first three volumes of the Why the Last Man uh, books, and our prize winner never claimed the prize. And so we are re-gifting, in the uh, spirit of the coming holiday season, uh, those three books. And our winner is Rob Hall. And uh, if you'll recall on the Why the Last Man giveaway, we asked you what was a book that you were supposed to enjoy but didn't. And uh, Rob said that uh, The Boys was his title. He said, I was told that it was awesome. And it was just too much for me. So, Rob, be looking for an email from us. And if I don't hear from you uh, by this coming Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving, I will re-gift it to someone else. <laughs> don't so let sh- Why the Last Man be the left the fruitcake of the holiday season. That's right. That's right. But we have another contest in which we were giving away the uh, Klutz Book of Inventions and a Flip Ultra HD uh, camcorder. And our winner is Dagbar. Dagbar actually has my favorite entry in the contest. Uh, we had asked folks to suggest their invention. You know, the Klutz Book of Inventions, you know, lists a bunch of uh, innovative inventions for, uh, for, for, for this, you know, for the 21st century. Well, Dagbar writes that I had no ideas. So I asked my five-year-old son what he would invent. And this is what he came up with. By the way, I would like to have this invention. And so his son Aiden writes, I would invent a robot that walks around and gives you money when you don't have any. You can also hit him with a stick and candy falls out of his bottom. He can play any video game you want and also hands out hot dogs and juice. <laughs> I, I, I totally need this robot. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So Dagbar. Be on the lookout for a uh, email from me to uh, collect your, uh, your your contact information so that we can then uh, ship out your prizes, which will be sent to you via Big Honcho Media. I hit Wayne with a stick all the time, and no candy falls out of his bottom. No, he doesn't. No, t- no just tears from his eyes. Sweet, sweet tears. <laughs> you don't delicious. want to know the things that fall out of my bottom. <laughs> delicious, delicious tears. <laughs> So, uh, Wayne, we carried on without you, but uh, since you're back, maybe we could ask you, what comic are you most thankful for this year? You know, it's a tough call between uh, a couple of them that I just discovered, but I'm going to have to go with Darkwing Duck. It reminds me so much of my childhood, you know, fond memories of when the show was first on. The book is actually good, and TV adaptions to comics are never good. I mean... I've really enjoyed it, and I'm kind of surprised that it's over at Boom Studios instead of Marvel, since you know, see, or, uh, since Disney bought Marvel. I thought this was a Disney property. I mean, so 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 what the hell? You'll make fun of me. You guys will make fun of me for Amazing Spider-Man, but no one says anything about Darkwing Duck. I'm actually sort of spent after uh, all the Batman love. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, no, I was going to say we waited 15 minutes for the build-up for Darkwing Duck. That's <laughs> that's tragic. He is the terror that flaps in the night. If you'll give oh. me about 15 minutes, I can get my wood back and we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I need a popsicle stick to make this work now. Yeah. <laughs> coming December 2010, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Oh, God. I, I actually will be purchasing that one, so I can't <laughs> 
What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> They're good. Actually, I don't know if I'll pick up Chip and Dale, but Darkwing is good. It's good superhero comic book goodness with a bit of nostalgia. Uh-huh. I swear we wouldn't agree what day it was. <laughs> Which is kind of fun, actually. Yeah, he wants to hear a podcast where everyone agrees. Well, I'm Wait excited. Uh, this week, Batman, Batwoman number zero comes out. And I know, Wayne, uh, Tim, you're going to be right there with me, right? Uh, you're my- n- not a chance. <laughs> you're my Batwoman reading buddy. I- I'm, I've already started writing letters. <laughs> it hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> oh, wait. I was going to announce a new contest, wasn't I? Oh, were you? I am announcing a new contest. Look out. Look at you. Boom. Aaron, can't, Aaron isn't the only one who can give shit away. I can give <laughs> shit away, too. And? Uh, I'm not giving anything away. I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> good. <Nice>. Um, no. <laughs> Gigantic comic book cock tease. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am giving away a set of the Batman relaunch books. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> All of the new Batman books, I am giving away a set of the first issues. Uh, so, so that's Batman The Return, number one, Batman Incorporated, number one, Batman number 704, Batwoman number zero, and Detective Comics 871. So you can decide for yourself if the Bat Universe is worth jumping back into. You too can win a steaming pile of Batman. <laughs> a steaming pile of Batman. And how do you get it? How do you get it, Paul? Well, you leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. Um, which is episode 71 uh, at ideologyofmadness.com telling me who your ideal Batman creative team would be. And one lucky winner will get a set of all of the Batman relaunch books so that you can see if you dig them or not. I just don't think you're allowed to to uh, mail feces, you know, <laughs> via the U.S. Postal Service. I think there's a law against that. He's done it before. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does sending Batman books classify as a hate crime? I think it does. (laughs) Terrorism. (laughs) (laughs) See, I mean, you can't take that on a plane. You know, when they're feeling up your junk, they're going to find your Bat books. (laughs) TSA is all over that stuff. And then they'll beat you with a stick and candy will come out of your ass. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) you guys have a great Thanksgiving. You too. See ya. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.